Mr. President, thank you. At the end of such a momentous event, the word thank you seems kind of inadequate. But for all the millions whose lives will be saved, for the communities where life will be transformed, thank you. So thank you, President Biden, for your outstanding... What up, Internet? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's September 30th, 2022. We're live streaming on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube. Subscribe if you have not, particularly over there on Rumble at rumble.com slash Rubin Report, so you will see all of our videos with no algorithmic manipulation. Thank you. Uh, okay, obviously, a lot I want to talk about today. Normally, we do our Friday roundtable shows, but because we had a short week, uh, I just wanted to go solo this week. Obviously, with uh, everything else going on, uh, in terms of the hurricane that has just ravaged Southwest Florida, which now, uh, yesterday it had turned into a tropical storm. Apparently it's a hurricane now and it's hitting South Carolina as we speak. Uh, I wanted to just recap a little bit about what's going on here in Florida uh, and how you can help, how I'm gonna try to help. Uh, and then I wanna get into a couple other things that are happening internationally at the moment. There was a question in our show yesterday from locals uh, about the Nord Stream pipeline that blew up. And I promised to get you some more information on that. So we did a deep dive this morning. So we'll talk about that. And also Kamala Harris, the wizard, the vice president, the genius, the woman who knows that Russia big and Ukraine small. Uh, she's in uh, South Korea, although she thinks she's in North Korea. And we'll get to that and much more. Uh, most importantly though, I do wanna get you caught up on a couple things going on here in Florida. You know, I mentioned to you guys yesterday that my folks have a little condo in Sanibel Island and Governor DeSantis yesterday was giving a press conference that we're gonna show you a little bit more in a moment, uh, where he said that the storm surge in Sanibel Island, which is a barrier reef island, Southwest Florida, uh, he said was biblical. I mean, the island has absolutely been decimated. This is a place I've been going literally since I was born. Uh, for 46 years at this point, uh, multiple times a year, a place that I just absolutely adore and love that my whole family loves. This is where we do all of our family vacations and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm very sad about Sanibel. We finally did get some images and it's actually, it's incredible what, what I saw down there. So they showed my parents' whole uh, complex and there's about, I don't know, 18 or 20 apartment you know, units. They're all separated. Each one has four condos in them. Every single one is basically blown apart and just the roofs destroyed, massive damage, windows broken, everything, except my parents' building. It's, it's crazy. Uh, and the reason for that, I think, is because a couple years ago, the place itself was struck by lightning and burned down that was something we had to deal with a couple of years back and it was rebuilt. So because it was rebuilt, it was newer and stronger, maybe had more hurricane resistant beams, all sorts of stuff. Maybe the windows were better. I, I don't even know exactly, uh, but it is the one that's sort of standing in their community. It's crazy. It could be destroyed inside. There could be massive water damage and everything else. Um, but that was like a glimmer of good news that, that my family got, I suppose. But I'm gonna do everything I can to, to help the island and uh, Man, there's a lot of work to happen here in Florida, but we have the right people uh, in charge. So I wanna start today uh, with a video of the First Lady of Florida, Casey DeSantis, and she basically is leading the fundraising efforts uh, to get people to donate, to fix this state as quickly as possible. Uh, here's Casey DeSantis yesterday. Now, 
I just want to say on behalf of the governor and myself, uh, everyone here who's working at the Emergency Operations Center, all of the men and women who have not left since this disaster began, uh, to all of those people across the state, our first responders, I want to say thank you because the people across the state and the country have stepped up big to support our Florida Disaster Fund. So far, in less than 24 hours since we launched the fund, we've raised $1.6 million. Uh, I am in constant contact uh, with two folks. One, the people of Volunteer Florida to pledge that we are going to remove any red tape and bureaucracy from getting those funds deployed to the people who need them immediately. And then also we're working with a lot of businesses across the state to continue to build upon that. But thank you to the people across this country and this state for stepping up, stepping up to help wonderful people who are in need. Again, there's a couple of ways that if you want to continue to donate, you can go to floridadisasterfund.org, uh, or you can also text DISASTER to 20222. But on behalf of so many wonderful people, thank you for stepping up, and please continue to do so. Okay, so I just wanted to show you that because I'm just so, as you know, I'm, I'm proud and honored to be a Floridian, but in times like this, when there's real crisis, it's not just the, the average day-to-day -day political fights. The fact that we have a governor who is so competent and cares and is doing everything possible, and he's married to a first lady who is stepping into the, to the battle right now to raise funds and make sure that they get to the right people and to the right places, it's just fantastic. I'm also thrilled to tell you guys that uh, Rumble and local, so Rumble, of course, was a Canadian company that has moved to Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota got hit, not as bad as sort of hardcore Southwest Florida, but it is on the West Coast of Florida. Uh, Rumble is in Sarasota. Locals is here in Miami. Uh, Rumble and locals have donated $100,000 towards uh, relief efforts. So I'm thrilled to be part of that. I'm gonna do some other stuff on the side. Uh, and just as a reminder, you can te text DISASTER to 20222 or you can go to volunteerflorida.org right now and you can see you can volunteer, you can donate, you can get some more information. And uh, as I said yesterday, and as I'll probably say for a while, as much as we cover this, Florida's got a lot of work to do. I have no doubt it will rebuild. They will figure out, you know, can these barrier islands exist with people on them and do they have to change things? How much damage is actually there? Does every building have to be on stilts? I mean, all of the stuff all of the stuff. But I will also reiterate that as uh, Floridians chip in with money and services and goods and all of those things, which we're seeing all over the state, I mean, it's really fantastic. Um, you know, we are giving crazy amounts of money to Ukraine right now. And it's like, I don't know, could a couple of those billion be spent down here in Florida? Probably. And could we uh, get that bridge, that Sanibel Causeway fixed if the Army Corps of Engineers wanted to do it, could they get it fixed in probably like a month? Yeah, they probably could. Uh, but we seem to be spending a lot of money on uh, things across the world that nobody's exactly sure what we're doing. We'll actually talk more about that in just a moment. So anyway, the theme today beyond the, that we'll just put the Florida stuff aside for a moment. And I also just wanna say that I really appreciate all your, your good wishes. And you know, I was getting my email and my phone was blowing up, people looking out for us. Obviously we're good to go here in Miami, so it's all good. Uh, but the theme today really is what's going on sort of internationally at the moment and how that's connected to our domestic politics. So as I said, Kamala Harris in South Korea and she just really botched it. Biden giving speeches, doesn't know where he is. He saw the cold open. Uh, and then I do wanna talk about the Nord Stream pipeline and we'll, we'll wrap it up by going right back to the beginning about competency and what's going on again here in Florida. So that is the plan 
for today. And before we get to it, let me talk to you guys about real estate agents I trust. You guys know that selling a home or buying a home is one of the most stressful things you can do. And it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Usually our homes are our biggest investment, which of course is a ton of responsibility. And you need an agent who takes that seriously. That's why I recommend real estate agents I trust. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework, talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one. They only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the introduction and then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents they work with have long track records and are the best sellers in their field. They're part of this audience. They share your values and they're almost anywhere you want to go. Just head on over to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Give them some basic info. They'll contact you to make an introduction to a preferred agent in your town. You will move possibly to the free state of Florida. Help us rebuild this place and live happily ever after. Okay, so Kamala Harris, our vice president, who, as you guys know, was polling at zero that's zero in her own party when Joe Biden or the people in charge of Joe Biden plucked her to be the vice president. She is in South Korea. The problem is she doesn't know where she is exactly. Uh, she went to the demilitarized zone. It's known as the DMZ, which is basically between North Korea and South Korea. Uh, here's just a little bite from the Daily Wire. This is a day before she arrived. And then we'll show you some video. Harris will travel to the demilitarized zone between North Korea and South Korea Thursday, where she will tour sites at the DMZ, meet with service members, and receive an operational briefing from U.S. commanders, the White House confirmed. The vice president's scheduled trip to the DMZ will follow her Tuesday meeting with South Korean Prime Minister Han Duk-soo. Your visit to the DMZ in Seoul will be very symbolic demonstrations of your strong commitments to the security and peace to the Korean Peninsula, and we are working with you and U.S. in dealing with North Korea, Han told Harris at the bilateral meeting. Okay, pretty good. South Korea is an ally of ours. Uh, North Korea, obviously, is a rogue state and has nukes, and it's a big issue. And uh, you may remember that President Trump uh, met with the leader of North Korea, and people said it was all very evil and blah, blah, blah. We didn't get any wars out of it. He was trying to do a little something. Anyway, uh, Kamala went to South Korea and to the demilitarized zone and uh, totally botched the entire thing. Listen closely. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. Did you catch that, people? I think we have to show it again, just in case they weren't listening closely. Listen to Kamala. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. I did not know that. Weird, wild stuff. We share an alliance with North Korea. Those are the bad guys in case you guys aren't paying attention. Uh, no, we have an alliance with South Korea. We don't like North Korea. We don't really have any diplomatic relations with them. We don't really talk to them. Trump tried to do a little something. Everyone freaked out that he was talking to Asian Hitler. I mean, it's, but it's just, look, I get it. It's a verbal gaffe, but at some point, between Biden never knowing where he is, shaking hands with the air, being confused and being unable to read a teleprompter, and then this woman with her crazy circular logic and the verbal gaffes and clearly having 
no idea what she's doing and being, and being so over her head and all this, maybe it's starting to be a problem. Do you think maybe the South Koreans, when they hear that, are like, like, whoa, this guy's got nukes. Uh, we're in trouble, people. Uh, here's some video of her at the DMZ, and she's just blown away by what's going on over there. It's so close. It's 50 meters away. Just everything, her holding the binoculars, my whole guy, everyone in here was laughing at that. It's just like, what? She just sounds so stupid. Like, like she has no idea. They threw her there. I get it. They put her on a plane and they put her there, but she just doesn't understand anything about the nature of the geopolitical situation between South Korea and North Korea. She just knows nothing about it. And here she is talking to a couple servicemen who are uh, stationed at the DMZ. Listen to the way she talks to them about telescopes. But it's exciting. Have you seen the photographs from the Webb telescope? It's So we invested in this telescope. And the images just came back. And they show us three billion years back to the beginning to all these galaxies. It's the most humbling thing you have ever seen. So when we think we've seen everything, God, these poor guys, these are serious people with the serious job where like, you know, you're on a hair trigger all day long if someone tries to cross that demilitarized zone. These countries, you know, I don't know if they technically are at a state of war in, in a technical definition of war, but like anything could happen at any given moment with this rogue state sitting on your border. And then they have to listen to this woman babbling, talking. She talks to everyone like they're in second grade. And if you were in second grade, it would still be insulting to your intelligence listening to her. But anyway, she goes to South Korea. She talks about our alliance, our magical alliance with North Korea. Uh, but before that was something really, really nuts uh, that happened that is international mass should be massive international news because this is this is absolutely huge with the backdrop of what's going on with Russia and Ukraine but the Nord Stream pipeline blew up in a couple spots now i want to give you just like a basic definition or basic explanation of what the Nord Stream pipeline is first so just like we're doing Nord Stream 101 uh, because I know that, you know, the mainstream media doesn't cover this stuff properly, so people just don't even know what anything is. So the Nord Stream Pipeline is an undersea pipeline which stretches 700, uh, 745 miles under the Baltic Sea from the Russian coast near St. Petersburg to the north, to northeastern Germany. It opened, it opened in 2011 and can send a maximum of 170 million cubic meters of gas per day from Russia to Germany, okay? So the basic part of this thing is it's a really long pipeline. Russia has natural gas, Germany does not. They import all of this gas. The winter is coming, they're going to need heat. And then suddenly in at least four sections, uh, it appears that the Nord Stream 
uh, pipeline has blown up. So we've got some more info here from the Daily Wire. Three lines in the Nord Stream natural gas pipeline system saw unprecedented damage on Monday, weeks after the CIA warned Germany of possible attacks. Today, we faced an act of sabotage, Polish Prime Minister Mato Morawiecki said. We don't know all the details of what happened, but we clearly see that it's an act of sabotage related to the next step of escalation in the situation in Ukraine. When asked about the possibility of sabotage, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov told reporters that no option can be ruled out at the moment. Okay, so now a couple, so there in that article, they referenced uh, three places of sabotage. There's actually a fourth now. It is unclear who did this. We're seeing all the sort of swamp creatures saying that maybe Russia did it to itself, that they blew it up themselves to escalate the war, like just like a whole bunch of craziness. Uh, but yes, there is video uh, that there is now a fourth leak uh, right now. The Swedish Coast Guard on Thursday said it discovered a fourth unexplained gas leak in the undersea Nord Stream pipelines linking Russia to Europe. And as gas rose to the surface, allegations of sabotage flew between Brussels, Moscow, and Washington. The European Union is investigating the cause of the leaks in the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines under the Baltic Sea and has said it suspects sabotage, to which it promised a, quote, robust and united response. But it has not said who is to blame. Okay, so it has not said who is to blame. Now, you may be wondering, why, why is this important? Like, okay, there's gas pipelines all over Europe and people get resources from other countries and all of those things. The reason that it's deeply important is because with the backdrop of everything going on with the Russian invasion in Ukraine, you know, you're seeing all of these people saying, oh, Russia's starting to lose. It's not working out well. They're, you know, Putin's going to backtrack all of this stuff. It's like, I'm not so sure of that. Putin has nukes. The guy with the bigger weapons uh, usually does not lose. So now this pipeline that is a major export to Germany, to Western nations in Europe, has blown up in four parts. Did they blow it up themselves? Well, then there's some strange video that's come out over the last couple of months. Here is uh, Secretary Tony Blinken uh, back in January, uh, kind of explaining what's going on with the Nord Stream pipeline and the leverage situation there. This pipeline does not have gas flowing through it at present. And if Russia renews its aggression toward Ukraine, it would certainly uh, be difficult to see uh, gas flowing through it in the future. Uh, so some may see Nord Stream 2 as leverage that Russia can use against Europe. In fact, it's leverage for Europe to use against Russia. Uh, did you catch that? So that's back in January. And basically he's saying, uh, you know, we have some leverage over you, Russia, because uh, if we don't like how this war thing's working out or if you don't pull out of Ukraine, we, he's in essence saying we could blow this freaking thing up because this is a cash cow for Russia and we will want to harm you and hamper you however we possibly can. Uh, and then this video came out. Uh, this is President Joe Biden back in January, basically making a threat and it sort of seems like it's come true. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But what what, how will you how will you do that exactly since the project 
and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. You get what's going on here? I mean, this is really nuts. And this is where it's so disappointing that we don't have a mainstream media that will honestly assess these issues and go back to videos. See, this is why we do the show the way we do it and why I always jump to old clips and everything. Because you, you have to start looking at the past to understand the future or certainly understand the present, right? So Biden is saying, this is back in January, he's saying, if Russia goes into Ukraine, and we know Russia has gone into Ukraine, we're going to end the pipeline. Then suddenly, this past Monday, the pipeline blows up in four spots. And now we've got our usual swamp creature saying Russia blew up its own pipeline. Like th this war, whatever this thing is, it's, it's hard to even call it a war because we're not in a declared war, of course, and we're just sending them all sorts of money and we're arming everybody and all that stuff. But this, this war that is happening, uh, this very sort of ephemeral war that's going on throughout the world right now, that's connecting United States and Europe and all, all of these all of these places across the globe, um, it does seem like it's heating up. And did we just blow up this pipeline? And if we did, uh, is Russia de gonna declare war on us? I mean, it all sounds nuts, but here we are, I suppose. So what is Biden's uh, reaction now that this is happening? Well, he was at a FEMA station uh, talking about uh, Florida and how the federal government can help. And as I said yesterday, Biden may not be my guy. I may think he's incompetent. I don't think he's in charge or anything else, but I hope he will do the right thing here and get whatever federal funds need to get to Florida. So mostly people are asking about that. Then he got asked about what's going on with the Nord Stream pipeline. Do you hold Russia responsible for the rupture of the Nord Stream pipeline? Let's stick with this, okay? Well, this I mean, There's a lot of important international issues, but we're here to talk about America. Okay, so he doesn't want to answer questions and there's probably reasons, I, I actually don't want to speculate too much, but it is possible that it's a little bit of plausible deniability. Either he doesn't know exactly what we did or he just doesn't want to talk about it so he doesn't get caught in a lie, but it does sort of feel like somebody blew the thing up and it probably wasn't Russia. Well, literally one second after that video uh, where he did not answer a question, then he did something that was much more in line with the Joe Biden we've all come to know. God help us all. Okay, so uh, there's Biden, doesn't know where he is, always wandering off, very confused, so be it. At least he must have functional, competent people around him, right? Here's noted black lesbian Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, talking about Nord Stream, except she thinks it's Nordstrom's. So you've heard us say this, that what, what we see Russia's doing, and we've been very clear about this, is that they're using energy, they're weaponizing energy, and it's choosing to, to one of the things that uh, has been out there to shut down the pipeline of Nordstrom 1. Nordstrom's going down, people. Nordstrom rack. You're not going to get those half-price jackets, okay? Where do where you think you're going to get all your, uh, your nice shirts, and uh, they often have wallets there, some perfume a little bit cheaper, that sort of thing? You're not gonna get it because Russia and the energy or something, Connor put together a nice little uh, package for us on this Nordstrom situation. One of the things that uh, has been out there to shut down the pipeline of Nordstrom One. That's some fine work there, Connor. You're getting extra guacamole today. Uh, okay, so now we're in this situation where, as you guys know, since, well, really since Joe Biden took office, 
uh, but really escalated in the last like six months. You know, gas prices have gone crazy. They've now dropped a tiny bit, a tiny bit, which has the whole administration saying, see, pr gas prices are going down. And it's always like, yes, they're going down a tiny bit because thanks to your incompetence and everything you've done to the economy, they went up so high and now they're going down a tiny bit and you want credit for that. Um, but Biden knows that there's about to be another spike in gas prices, right? This, we are in an interconnected world. If a massive pipeline blows up that's sending energy to Germany, uh, then it's going to affect prices here. It's just how it is, right? And we seem to be playing into every one of Putin's moves. Uh, so he wants to make sure that the blame doesn't go on him for this Nordstrom. <laughs> I did it for this Nordstrom situation. Uh, so he wants to blame oil and gas executives uh, because of the hurricane. You know, they're going to price gouge you. I also want to say again to the oil and gas executives, do not, do not, do not use this storm as an excuse to raise gasoline prices or gouge the American public. The price of oil has dropped in recent weeks. The price of gas should be going down as rapidly. It's not. My experts inform me the production of only about 160,000 barrels a day has been impacted by this storm. That's less than 2% of our country's daily production. Its small and temporary impact on oil production provides no excuse, no excuse for price increases at the pump, period. If a gas station companies try to use this storm to raise prices, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask officials to look into whether or not price gouging is going on. It's just so incredible because he is the price gouger in chief. He is the one that has caused inflation with crazy spending and the Inflation Reduction Act and all of these things and all of our bad policies instead of drilling here. And now he knows because of this war that gas prices are rising because of whoever blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, gas prices are going to rise. And who's he threatening? He's threatening the gas companies and he's threatening the mom and pop shops that are your local gas station. That's who he's threatening. He is the gouger in chief and he's gonna look into them. It's like, do you think that these people, I can tell you very clearly here in Florida with, with this disaster going on, there are not gas station owners who are like, yes, this is my chance to make all the money I can. No, there really aren't. I have seen so many people chipping in across the board everywhere. Now, it's not to say that there aren't some outlier cases. And of course, whenever there's natural disasters, you're gonna get some looting. You're gonna get some people with price gouging. Of course, you're gonna always get that. It's part of the human condition, whether we like it or not, right? There's always people who will take advantage of a bad situation. But this clown, I mean, he, and also the way he's reading and it's like, you just know he doesn't even know what he's saying. But the, it has nothing, prices have nothing to do with him. Inflation has nothing to do with him. All of it has nothing to do with him. It's always, it's the mean oil companies. It's those bad Republicans and blah, blah, blah. Just awful. Well, okay. I want to bring you home on a positive note. So from Joe Biden, sort of incompetent gouger in chief, uh, there are, some virtuous leaders in this country. There are some people trying to take care of their people and do the right thing and do it for the right reasons and not just endlessly accumulate power and take from some and give to others. Yeah, we're back in Florida. Here is uh, Governor Ron DeSantis making a surprise visit to the Hurricane Relief Headquarters. There's gonna be a lot of people that need help and, and I know you guys have been on the front lines of doing that. So, so I just wanna say thank you. We'll be back, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, we'll probably be back you know, every day for a while. Um, and so we're here to help. And uh, when you guys need anything, 
he knows to call, all these other people know, just give us a call and I'll make sure Kevin gets it done. So thanks everybody, appreciate it. People working hard and hearing from the top exec, hey, we appreciate you, we're gonna be here for you, we're gonna make sure we can do everything that we can do. That's what it's all about, that's what it's all about. Uh, Governor DeSantis later, he, he's given press conference after press conference after press conference. The guy's bouncing all over the state. He's doing everything he possibly can. Uh, he talked about the severity of the storm uh, and uh, particularly on Sanibel, which as I've discussed is, is very close to my heart. Governor, in our area, Sanibel Island, Fort Myers Beach, the images are devastating. And we know that from our local agencies that there have been confirmed deaths. We don't know exactly how many. What have you heard from the local agencies about the scope of the tragedy in that sense? Well, Sanibel uh, is destruction. Uh, I mean, this is, I mean, for those of you who haven't been, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place, um, really neat community, um, and it got hit with really biblical storm surge. Most of what's being done to assist is, is air operations, since you can't get there on the ground. Uh, I think Kevin will probably have uh, more, um, more, more boats uh, head over there as well. Uh, but the important thing is I was able to speak to the mayor uh, this morning, and, and, and she and her key staff did evacuate, and so they've been operating off more of the mainland in, in Lee County. And, and many people did leave uh, Sanibel, and they did heed the call, which is good. Obviously, I think you know it's a very seasonal community. We're not quite in the high season yet, but I think she made the point, hey, it's Florida. More people want to be here year-round now. So you do have a contingent of people that, that stay there over the summer. So, but we're committed to restoring the infrastructure as needed. That is not going to be an overnight task. That is going to be something that is going to require a lot of, a lot of love and care. It's going to require a lot of resources. Guys, I know that listening to politicians talk during natural disasters is not like the most entertaining thing, right? There's a limit for all of us to do it. I'm doing cardio every morning. I've been watching these press conferences, but I know everyone has a limit. And if you're not in Florida, it doesn't mean as much to you perhaps. And all of that kind of stuff. I, I really am showing you that in this case, more to just juxtapose it with what's going on with our, our federal leaders, right? Like Kamala not knowing who is our alliance in, in North Korea and South Korea, and Joe Biden not even knowing really where he is and blaming everyone else for all of this. Uh, Governor DeSantis also is calling for volunteers here in Florida. I'm gonna, by the way, if anyone's watching this, if you have venues or anything in Southwest Florida that I will go, I'll do shows at, obviously for free, and I'll, I'll throw in money myself, but any, any way that I can help, please contact us. The best way to get us is through locals, so rubenreport.locals.com, and I will do everything that I possibly can. Uh, but Governor Tantis is directly calling for volunteers to help out. Uh, for those who want to come volunteer, we have an official volunteer portal at Volunteer Florida, and that's at www.volunteerflorida.org, www.volunteerflorida.org, and you can look to see of the volunteer opportunity. Yeah, I've been looking in our locals community and I know a bunch of you live in the area and others of you that are in Florida or Southeast United States and people are coming down and are helping and it's really great. And again, you can text disaster to 20222 or go to volunteerflorida.org. I will definitely volunteer on the ground at some point. Maybe I'm thinking maybe around Thanksgiving, I could take a couple of days off and we'll, we'll go. Maybe I can, you guys coming with me? We'll go build something. We're gonna go build. I got all thumbs up at the same time. Uh, we'll go build something. That'll be, that'll be pretty great. So anyway, this also gave me an idea. We found this other clip. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, we played a clip of uh, Jordan Peterson talking about the necessity of men in society, that what, what would societies do without men? 
And, you know, I was thinking as Governor DeSantis was talking about the volunteers, it's like, we need men, we need women, we need adults, we need competent people. I don't care if you're a male or a female, I don't care if you're black or you're white, I don't care if you're gay or you're straight. It's like, if you know how to do something right now, whether that's dig a hole so that they can put a new uh, line in, whether that's do some electrical work, whether that's just help feed elderly people, whatever it is, we need people right now. Uh, but a lot of the hardest work we know simply will be done by men, it's just how it is. Uh, and we showed you a video a couple weeks ago of Jordan giving this great talk about that. Uh, and on the side of it, it was a split screen, and on the side was this guy working in a sewer with cockroaches all over him. And it's like, these are the, these are the people that the left these days would tell you are, are, this is a white privileged guy with the worst sort of job known to man. Uh, we found another one of these, and I just thought it was perfectly appropriate to show you right now. It's okay to be a man. It's not okay, it's necessary. What the hell are we gonna do without men? You look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up, these men, they're doing impossible things. They're under the streets, working on the sewers, they're up on the power lines in the storms and the, and the rain. They're keeping this impossible infrastructure functioning, this thing that works in a miraculous manner. They work themselves to death. And often, literally, the gratitude for that is sorely lacking, especially among the people who should be most grateful. You see university professors, especially of the social justice bent, they take everything they have for granted, failing to understand entirely that there's a massive infrastructure of unbelievably hardworking, solidly laboring, working-class men breaking themselves in half on a regular basis making sure that everything that always breaks works. We need people. I know he's talking about men right there, but they'll, obviously there'll be women too. We just need people that can do work and that want to do the work that nobody wants to do. And that's uh, what we're going to get to here. And I'm not kidding. I'm going to take my guys. We're going to go rebuild some stuff uh, when the time comes. You know, the bridge does not exist on Sanibel right now. So I'm assuming that they'll have a ferry service over the next couple of months, obviously rebuilding a massive causeway. I don't know how long the causeway, I think the causeway is at least a mile long. I don't know how long it'll take to build that. I do suspect that if we wanted to send the Army Corps of Engineers here and if we took some of that Ukraine money to fund that, we could probably have it done in like two months. But uh, unfortunately, that's not really the way the federal government works, but I know that everyone in Florida is going to do everything that they possibly can. Okay, a couple comments from the locals community. Uh, EK says, I don't think Kamala knows what she's going to say before she opens her mouth. She just starts to talk and sees where the sentence takes her. Yes, I, I'm always saying that about her, that it's just like she's going and going and going. And it's not like Biden, where when Biden is talking, you know he's losing the thing from the beginning, right? Like he has the original idea, right? They ask him a question, he starts saying something and then he just forgets. Then he mumbles it out or, you know, he uses one of his reset phrases. And, and that unfortunately is one of the symptoms of some level of cognitive decline. It just is. With Kamala, I don't think she has cognitive decline. I, don't, I just don't think her cognitive capabilities are that great. So she just starts talking and she thinks that if she just puts a lot of words in a sentence, that that makes the sentence valuable. It's just incredible watching this woman speak. It is just terrible, which is perfect segue to the next comment. Uh, Alan says, why is Harris like a bad kindergarten teacher? She talks to everybody like their children. And isn't that in stark contrast? That's why we wanted to do the show the way we did today. It's in such stark contrast of the way Ron DeSantis and Casey DeSantis and all of the, the people here, the entire apparatus of the state here in Florida, they talk to people like they're adults. Hey, 
We've got work to do. We need people. Here's how you can volunteer. Here's how you can help. When the media goes after DeSantis, that clip we showed you yesterday, and he was like, look, I know you guys want to politicize everything, but you think you're attacking me. You're not attacking me. You're attacking all these people who are doing their hard work. Everything that could possibly be done to fix this state is being done right now. This is, it, it does not mean it's perfect. You know, this is what people want all the time. And the media always wants this like perfect thing. It's what the flaw of the leftists and the socialists are. They think if you just, if you build a system that in their minds is perfect, that it'll always be perfect. But perfect systems don't exist because you know what has to exist within those perfect systems? Humans. And you know what? Humans are not perfect. We are the flaw in the system. This is a problem. Have you ever seen the matrix? Watch it. So. The point is we are doing everything we possibly can here. And we, we just unfortunately have a administration at a federal level that is, is incompetent, whether it comes to doing what's right domestically or internationally. I really do hope they do what's right uh, when it comes to Florida, obviously. And by the way, if there was an absolute natural disaster, something really horrific that happened, whether it was a, a fire or a hurricane, uh, well, they don't get hurricanes in California, but if it, whether it was a fire or an earthquake or whatever it might be in California, I would want the government to be as effective and competent and everything else. Even though I fled the state, these, it has nothing to do with my feelings about the political apparatus of the state. It has nothing to do with my feelings about Gavin Newsom. You know, it's like, if we are to be the United States of America, then if something bad happens in Cali, we gotta help. And if something bad happens in Florida, we gotta help. Uh, Mad says Biden approves the pipeline and then blows it up, just like giving 40 million to fight against deporting illegal aliens. Yeah, it's like, look, I don't know what happened, okay? I don't know what happened, uh, but something feels very, very weird about this. Would Russia blow up their own pipeline to Germany where they get tons and tons of money, as I said, as the winter's coming, so they know they're gonna get more and more because people need to heat their homes, et cetera. They're about to get all this money. They're obviously putting a ton of money into the war effort. Did they blow up their own pipeline? And then we see these videos of Tony Blinken and of Joe Biden basically saying, hey, if Russia moves into Ukraine, Nord Stream will be no more. And now Nord Stream in effect is no more. What's going on here? Like, and this also is where you gotta give the devil his due. I know that most of you watching this right now and conventional Wisdom would be that there's gonna be this massive red wave, but I, had, I have said all along about giving the devil his due and it's like, could right before the election, COVID two, monkeypox nine, nuclear war, like anything. I don't mean that to be like crazy alarmist. I mean it just like everything is in flux right now. Everything is in flux. So if, if Biden's looking at the numbers and it's not Biden looking, if, if whoever's in charge is looking at the numbers and they're, they're going, man, we are gonna be crushed in these elections. What, what could we do to make sure that doesn't happen? Well, a war helps. A war does help. It's just how it is. A war helps an incumbent party because people start getting behind the president during times of war. So did we just escalate this thing? I don't know. And if you have anyone that you think can give me some better analysis on this, uh, let, let's get him on the show and let's talk it out. Uh, guys, as always, uh, subscribe if you have not at rumble.com slash Ruben Report. If you want to play along during the show in live chat, you can join us at rubenreport.locals dot com and we have a cold close with election denier and possible murderer hillary clinton see you on monday i remember as a as a young student you know trying to figure out how did people get basically um drawn in by hitler how did that happen and i'd watch newsreels and i'd see this guy standing up there ranting and raving and people shouting and raising their arms. I thought, what's happened to these people? Why did they believe that? 
I think it was difficult for most Americans to believe that this guy would be as dangerous as he turned out to be. And it's no longer just the whiff of violence, but the appeals to violence. Look at immigration. They don't want to get together and try to resolve this uh, issue. They don't want to try to figure out how we have secure borders because they'd rather have an issue than a solution. This is an attack on freedom, on democracy, on truth. This is an attack that has ripple effects for all of us. Uh, the threats to democracy are real, and the only way to defeat them is showing up and voting. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.